Rather than feeling like I'm pissing on the permaculture party, I want to jump in with the crowd and celebrate as we co-create new dance moves so wild and so alive that the concrete cracks open and long dormant seeds germinate for miles in all directions. Greetings and welcome on back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as per usual, Dan Palmer, and this right here is episode 28. Now, this is a big deal for me, this episode. Big deal indeed. I've even pulled out my um, flasher microphone, not just the old headset. Yeah, I thought I'd ramp up the audio quality for this one, given it's uh, it's an important moment for me. This is there's some stuff's going to go down shortly. This episode is part three. It's it's the audiobook version of the post which you can read and if you haven't heard parts one and two i'd recommend it as a possibility to go and check those out so episode 26 and 27 it's a three-part series themed around introducing phase two of making permaculture stronger episode 26 and the corresponding post uh, looked um, su- summarized recapped the whole journey that making permaculture stronger has been on for the last three and a half years or so with its key theme of striving to strengthen permaculture by strengthening permaculture's weak links or in other words solving its problems making its problems go away and i introduced a permaculture tree diagram that my lovely friend brenna helped illustrate uh, then i moved on to part two where i shared this epiphany i've had in recent times around the fact that <clears throat> the whole problem solving approach is problematic it, it, it's there's alternatives that resonate with me more let's say when you're trying to solve problems, a successful outcome is the thing you're focusing on isn't there anymore. <laughs> you're left with nothing. Um, as opposed to this idea of potential, so moving from problems potential to potential, which you can you can hear more about um, and have been inspired by the likes of Carol Sanford, Joel Glansberg, Robert Fritz and whatnot. Leading on from that, I'm going to read out this latest post, which really opens the door in phase two of making permaculture stronger and sets the, the direction and the theme. I've got five end notes and I've decided that I won't read those on the first pass and I'll read those out as a block when I'm done. So the idea is there's kind of two layers you can read or listen to this at. There's the first pass which gets across the gist and then there's the the end notes which I'll I'll take you through. You can either read on the page or listen to here or both and that adds another layer of nuance. Okay so here we go. Introducing phase two of making permaculture stronger. Collaboratively Developing Permaculture's Potential. It's the title. Introducing Phase 2 of Making Permaculture Stronger. Collaboratively Developing Permaculture's Potential. I start by saying, So what does my recent discussion of the problem with solving problems look like in relation to the trunk in the permaculture tree diagram? I then share the diagram, which... um, uses the metaphor of a tree where the roots are the general foundations of permaculture, the uh, branches, twigs and leaves are the solutions, and the trunk is the process that gets you from one to the other, and there's a few more levels to it you can check out if you want. So the question was, so what does my recent discussion of the problem with solving problems look like in relation to the trunk and the permaculture tree diagram? And I go on to say, well, the way I have come to see it is that the whole trunk is itself an imposition. What? Wait, what? I believe the whole 
above-ground part of the permaculture tree has been growing from a grafted-on collection of design process understandings that were imported from outside. Imported from places like industrial design, engineering, architecture, and landscape architecture. Because the scion wood and the rootstock were not a compatible match, the graft never really properly took. Indeed, as a result of it being there at all, the latent energy around permaculture generating its own process possibilities has either remained dormant in the roots or been overruled by the DNA of the grafted-on material. You see where I'm going with all this. I don't want to continue trying to patch up a trunk that in so many ways is a distraction from the work I'm here to participate in. I don't want to be pulling apart layer upon layer of imported design process understandings that shoot permaculture in the foot by dishonouring its very essence. I want to dive deep into permaculture's beautiful foundations and then help grow and tend and realise fit-for-purpose design process understandings directly, without distraction. What this means for me is... The tree is coming down. I am cutting the permaculture tree down. Consciously. Carefully. Lovingly. As a personal thought experiment, I'm cutting it down. Just below the place where the foreign design process understandings were imported and grafted on to create a fresh surface from which all kinds of wild regrowth can spring forth. I'm talking about the development of design process understandings that stem from permaculture's own roots, from permaculture's own DNA. I'm talking about consciously coppicing the permaculture tree. Take three. I'll then share a Another one of Brenner's lovely sketches has four sections to it. And the first one says that the current permaculture tree looks okay from a distance. Then there's a zoomed in shot. It says, but up close, the graft never properly took due to incompatible cyanwood. It remains diseased and weeping, compromising the health of the whole tree. Next session shows the, um, the tree cut down to the, the ground level, coppiced. Says coppice by carefully cutting the tree down below the sick graft in the right season and with the right energy. Final section shows a whole lot of um, fresh shoots bursting up, shooting up. The freshly exposed source material explodes with vigorous new growth stemming directly from the roots. I go on to say that to be clear, None of the tree is removed from the site after the coppicing operation. Yes, it will fall to the ground, and it will remain there. Branches, twigs, leaves. Hot compost the most diseased material, tuck the rest in around the stump. Whereas fresh growth bursts forth, anything relevant breaks down and is reabsorbed and assimilated into the living tissue of the regrowing tree. Just think. The fungi are going to have a field day and there'll be mushrooms by the plenty. 
In other words, nothing is lost. I would like to think the babies will gurgle in contented gratitude to be free of the bathwater. This is when the real work begins. The work of tending to the new shoots, watching them closely, nourishing them while delicate and young. As they grow, selectively removing weaker stems and shaping up those that remain for optimal health and form. Next heading is Making Permaculture Stronger, Phase 2. I declare Phase 2 of Making Permaculture Stronger open. I declare it is open. It is now open. Phase 2 is all about tapping into permaculture's essence, its potential then co-articulating from scratch design and creation process understandings that resonate with and actualize this potential every step of the way. Where those of us drawn to this work respectfully converse and collaborate in the hard, honest, yet immensely rewarding work of co-crafting, co-creating something fresh, something authentic, something alive, Something worthy of what Bill and David gifted the world in co-originating the permaculture concept. To me, this is one way of tapping the part of permaculture's essence that Bill Mollison manifested when he talked about having lost heart and protesting and fighting against what he didn't want. He retreated into the bush and when he came back he was a different person. He was intensely focused not on what he didn't want, but on what he did want. He focused his fire and he took permaculture to the world igniting a global movement. I don't want to be against what I don't like in permaculture anymore. I want to be for what I love. I want to be for growing from that place and the incredible potential within it. Rather than feeling like I'm pissing on the permaculture party, I want to jump in with the crowd and celebrate as we co-create new dance moves so wild and so alive that the concrete cracks open and long dormant seeds germinate for miles in all directions. Let us honour the pioneers, honour all those who've contributed to permaculture's incredible story and journey. Not by assuming that permaculture is finished perfect and beyond improvement, I can imagine no greater insult to everything they stood for, stand for, than everything permaculture stands for. Confronting the fact that permaculture is not finished and perfect, I used to think I had two options. One, politely ignoring permaculture's problems, tensions, issues and weaknesses, or two, going on about and trying to fix them. I now see both as equally impotent. No more of that. Let us not close our eyes to the issues, yet let us see them as indicators. Let us hone in on and widen the cracks until what is broken falls away and we are left with a place from which to regrow fresh tissue true to permaculture's core. This is what I choose to participate in, and I sense this is where I'm going to direct a decent chunk of my life force. If it resonates, I invite you to get involved. To bring your gifts to whatever table or forum works for you. Where of course this work is already happening in hundreds of different ways and places all around the world. Thank God. 
For this must be our work. It must be held within a field of co-creative coherence. Indeed, if it resonates, it is because it is not only my voice, it's already in you. If this has any merit as a conversation, it's because it is a conversation that is already happening all around the world. Let us bring it out into the open. Let us let resonant threads all over the world know that permaculture is well and truly in the game. The game of life, the game of evolution. We are leaving the story of the expert, the genius founder, behind. It has been a great story. It's served us. It has been a part of the way forward. I've only gratitude for all the pioneering genius that has lifted us high enough to see so far. Yet we are, at a cultural level, moving into a new story. A story in which a process of deep, authentic co-creation is so, so ready to germinate. It is my hope to look back someday and see that this post, this episode, was part of the needed scarification. From today... Making permaculture stronger's byline is no longer by collaboratively identifying and addressing its weaknesses. It is collaboratively unfolding permaculture's potential. Thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me on this journey. I hope to catch you amidst the indescribably exciting things to happen from here on in. have an acknowledgements section where I say I am indebted to Finn Weddle for his support and for the clarity and depth of his reflections on an earlier draft of this post. Thank you, Finn. Much appreciated. And you can stop now if you uh, feel like you've uh, that's the right choice for you. Um, for, for those that want a bit more, I'm going to read through the end notes now, which, as I said earlier, add another layer of nuance and clarification. So the first end note happens um, up near the beginning where I talk about, um, I guess I'll read the sentence and then, then the end note, where I say, that I believe the whole above ground part of the permaculture tree has been growing from a grafted on collection of design process understandings that were imported from outside. Finn put me onto a, a podcast um, that I mentioned and linked to in here, where I say, the idea that permaculture's practices, what I call strategies and techniques in the tree, our imports has been around for a while. For example, said Rafter Sass Ferguson in 2015, none of the practices associated with permaculture actually come from permaculture, with the possible exception of herb spirals. I'm suggesting the same is largely true for the design process understandings supposedly used to get to the right practice in a given situation. Then when I say imported from places like industrial design, engineering, architecture and landscape architecture, I have an end note saying that it reminds me of the um, it reminds me of the wrong turn psychology took when emerging as a, as the new kid on the block and with the quotation marks real sciences of physics and biology breathing down its neck, it took a fatal shortcut. It uncritically imported fundamental concepts from its, outside itself. Concepts that didn't fit 
and that then distorted psychology's ability to understand what was unique about its own subject matter. One of these imports was the simple idea of stimulus and response from biology. Another was mechanistic causation from physics, even though ironically that approach was already being displaced by quantum theory. This was a shortcut. A shortcut potentially fatal to any new discipline because it precludes the essential work of developing units, concepts, methodologies and processes out of one own, one's own unique subject matter and based upon one's own unique starting assumptions, ethics and aspirations. But later when I talk about, or I say I don't want to be pulling apart layer upon layer of imported design process understandings that shoot permaculture in the foot by dishonouring its very essence. I've got a footnote, a note that says, that's right, when you zoom in on the graft you find that there are in fact layers upon layers of grafts. I love how Finn Weddle put it in a comment on a draft of this post. His words, I would slightly adjust the narrative and say that there have been many grafts on top of each other at many different stages along both the trunk and the branches. Every time the essence of permaculture met a roadblock, it was coaxed by the gardener or designer into accepting a new scion, reaching into the grab bag of existing cultural norms to patch over the issue, rather than staying true to principle, which would mean sitting and observing the problem until a novel solution arose from within. So instead of wondering why the tree was making shriveled fruit and overcoming that issue, a shrivel-resistant variety was grafted straight onto the branches, all the whilst forgetting that it was trying to grow fat, juicy fruit in a dry desert. Um, when I go, I say I'm talking about the development of design process understandings that stem from permaculture's own roots, from permaculture's own DNA. I have an end note saying, To be clear, there will be many outside perspectives that can usefully come in, but only to the degree they authentically resonate with permaculture's DNA. I'm not talking about closing the doors, but about getting some decent security guards. Where the driving force is permaculture developing its own material with resonant external threads as assistance to this, not replacements. Oh yes, and when I talk about let us hone in on and let us hone in on and widen the cracks until what is broken falls away and we are left with a place from which to regrow fresh tissue true to permaculture's core, I have an end note. Um, for those of you note-reading types, or in this case, note-listening types, up for a bit more nuance, I drew this diagram to come at the same idea from a different way. And so it's a bit hard to find because you've got to click on an endnote, then click on the link in the endnote. But it's, it's a different diagram, and I'll, maybe I'll read you through the sequence. It's about 10 steps. I, I, you can imagine the, the sketches and have a look if you want. I'll just read the words out. So there's permaculture's conception. As perm permaculture's core grows and grows, then stuff starts getting tacked on. Some stuff fits and accentuates perm's, permaculture's core, and some stuff doesn't, including a lot of ideas about design process. Over time, more and more debris accumulates from outside, plucked from here, there, and everywhere. It gets hard to tell what bits resonate with the core and what bits don't. Phase one of making permaculture stronger starts by picking a few parts of the design process layer that don't seem to fit and trying to fix them. Phase two of making permaculture stronger says fuck it and places all the surface stuff to one side. Oh, you're cutting down the tree. With the intention, and not much else, to regrow fresh tissue from the core. Tissue that is authentic to permaculture's core and that does not get tacked on from outside. Though there might be reminders and inspirations from outside, sure. Which leads to an important question. What 
is permaculture's unique, essential core. A question that I will come back to in future, but will not say anything else about right now. And that's it. We are now officially inside phase two of making permaculture stronger. Thanks for listening. I'm, I'm pumped about what's going to happen from here. I don't really know what it is exactly, but I know I'm into it. <laughs> and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. To comment, I, you know, I really encourage and invite any comments, honest reflections, um, you know, feelings that come up for people, whatever it is. I'm, um, I'm, I'm grateful for for um, anyone who wants to participate in what I believe is a critically important conversation uh, inside permaculture. Uh, as usual, you can find all the stuff at makingpermaculturestronger.net. This will be makingpermaculturestronger.net slash E28. E28. Uh, you can support the project if you so desire at patreon.com slash makingpermaculturestronger. Last night we had... Um, our first larger group gathering of with the, I don't know what we're calling it, the Making Permaculture Stronger Design Guild or something. Um, at this stage, folks that are uh, contributing 10 bucks or more a month through the Patreon page, um, it, was about, it was about six or seven of us got together um, yesterday and we'll be meeting six weekly. It was really exciting to to go in there and try to embody the stuff I've been talking about with design, so not have too, like a master plan and tune into where we're all at, what's going on and what wants to happen, and some clarity emerged. I'm very excited to be continuing to explore this, and already a couple of upcoming blog posts are germinating inside me as a result of our conversation, so thanks to all of um, you that are involved. I might leave this this for a few weeks now, go and run for cover. <laughs> Someone said that to me when they read a draft. <laughs> we're running a two-week permaculture design course that starts in a week or so. Uh, and I'll I'll have a further conversation with Jason Gerhardt where we look at the um, idea of the whole question around drawing and mapping and relationship design process. And I've got some really interesting conversations booked in um, with Ben Haggard from Regenesis Group, among others. So the podcast will be continuing to uh, move along. I, I, it may be a while before I read out posts again. Let me know what you made of all that, whether you thought it was a worthwhile exercise. I wish you well. You have yourself a lovely day evening, night, wherever this finds you in the world. And I'll catch you soon. Bye-bye.